As you know, our regularly scheduled programming did not include this big, massive intrusion into our lives called the coronavirus. I know it seemed like 1,100 years ago, but way back when, in a galaxy far, far away, we were studying here at Center Church, the book of James. Now, many of us have been forced to slow down, and I think it's wise to go ahead and go back to the book of James, because James is helpful. He helps us as we've slowed down in these days of quarantine to just do some self-reflection. James is going to help us with that self-reflection. James is going to help us reflect on who we ought to be, not by just looking inside ourselves, but by looking in the law, of the, the law that gives liberty, the word of God. So it seems wise to go again and visit the brother of our Lord who doesn't mince words and says it like it is. So I'm going to read beginning in James chapter 1, verses 22, and I'm going to go all the way to the end of chapter 1. You can follow along as I read. But be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but, de but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Let's pray together. Lord, as we open your word today, and I do this from a distance, I pray that you would open our hearts, help us to be aware of your presence, and I pray that you would speak to us. I ask that you would speak to us in our living rooms or wherever we are, and I ask that you would just give us the ability to have some self-reflection during this time of quarantine, and that this quarantine would turn out to be a blessing in ways that we, we couldn't have imagined, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. All native English speakers have heard the following phrase. If it looks like a duck, swims like a duck, quacks like a duck, then it's probably a duck. The meaning's clear enough. If we run across a bird that has all the features and characteristics of a duck, quacking, swimming, waddling, then it's probably a duck. In other words, now applying that to people, in other words, you know who someone is by how they act, not necessarily what they say. You know who someone is by how they act, more than even what they say. In other words, your life tells who you are. We Christians are just the same. How would you describe Christians? Are they the ones who listen to Christian radio or have been baptized or say they believe in Jesus, talk about talking all this Christianese, maybe they raised a hand or walked an aisle. None of those things describe Christians. James helps us, helps us to understand what a Christian is. I'll give you a hint. It's easier to spot a duck than it is to spot a Christian. You will know a Christian by how they act. A Christian is a doer of the word and not just a hearer of the word. That's very simple. That's a very simple point this morning. A Christian is a doer of the word. A Christian lives in submission to the word of God. 
Now, I'm going to give you a warning right up here at the, the top of the sermon. You're going to be tempted to listen for other people. But James is inviting us to listen for ourselves. Even as I preach, even as I've prepared this sermon, I'm preaching and, pre and preparing for myself. I'm preaching to myself. We must not listen for other people. We need to listen for ourselves. James is so easy to understand and yet so hard to live out. He's so straightforward that it can cause us to squirm. So let's start the squirming. The main idea here is today, Christians do the word. Two thoughts, two points, a look in the mirror and a look at ourselves. A look in the mirror and a look at ourselves. Verse 22 gives us a look in the mirror. But be doers of the word, not, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Like sunlight streaming into a sleepy teenager's room, that, that verse is clear, and it's painful. Christians must be doers of the word. They must not just hear, but they must hear and do. What does it look like if someone is a hearer only? Verse 23 tells us, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in the mirror. For he looks at himself, goes away, and at once forgets what he looks like. Now, imagine, here's the, here's the idea. Imagine you're like a guy like me working outside in his yard. He's working in the yard. It's a hot day. You're mowing. You're trying to make your lawn look like you care. And so you're pruning bushes. Along the way, your mower breaks, so you, you have to you have, to, you have to get into the guts of it, get oil on your hands, you wipe it on your face, you've got black grease on your face. As you mow, a rock caroms off the wall and strikes you in the side of the head and it's, you start to have a little blood. And as you are continuing to mow, a bird poops on your head and you keep soldiering on. Now, after you mow and put everything away, you stumble into the house, inhale a cold drink of water and happen to get a glimpse of yourself in the mirror and you're just a mess. You have black streaks all over your face. Your head, you've got blood sleeping, seeping down on the side of your face, and you have bird poop in your hair. Imagine if you assess the damage and you say, huh, that's interesting, and go off, walk away, and go about your life. Imagine you go about the rest of your day without doing anything to fix your condition. Instead of showering, getting a Band-Aid, combing your hair, and making sure that there's no bird poop in your hair, you went off and just forgot all about it. Now, I know none of you would do that. None of you would do that. James' point is this. If you hear the word, either through reading, sitting under preaching, or preaching yourself, and make no changes to your life, you're like somebody who looks in the mirror, sees all that mess, and goes, huh, that's interesting. Or like somebody, to take it to the extreme, who goes around with bird poop in their hair. As outlandish as that sounds, it's more bizarre to hear the word and not be changed by it. It's more bizarre to not let the word inform how we live our lives. To hear this life-changing, life-giving, spirit-empowered word of God and do nothing is like going through a day, a week, a month, with not even worried about what you look like. The word must make an impact. If you hear the word and are unchanged, consistently, you are consistently deceiving yourself. That's, that's what James says. See that in verse 22? Be hearers of the word, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You can hear the word and not do anything and think you've accomplished something, but you've accomplished nothing. 
nothing. You hear the word and do nothing about it, and you are deceiving yourself. Now listen, there are two roads presented here. Verse 22 says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only. They deceive themselves. Or, and verse 25 is the other road. Those that look into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and persevere, being no hearer for, who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So either you choose deception or blessing. Would you rather be deceived about who you are or blessed as you obey? Would you rather be deceived or blessed? I pick A every time, every day of the week. A for sure. Now with this look in a mirror, now we're going to do a hearing and doing test. We're going to take a look at ourselves. And this is where we need to not think about other people. We need to not think about who we hope is listening, but we need to listen ourselves. So we're going to take a look at ourselves. James gives us a test of three different things from verses 26 and 27 that examines whether we are hearers only or both hearers and doers. Here's the test. Verse 26. If any of you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Now, some of you might hear that word religious and say, I'm not religious. We consider the word religion to be a pejorative word, one that we don't use. Christianity, for you, if you say you're religious, if you, religion might conjure up the idea of fancy buildings and smells and bells and traditions and robes and all the rest. That's not what James means here. When James says religious, he means your relationship with God. If your relationship with God does not change your life, your religion or your relationship with him means nothing. So what are the tests? The first test we can see is this. Do the, if, he thinks his, if, he, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Bridle your tongue is what he says. So the three tests are speech, service, and separation. Look there again. I'll show you again. Speech, service, and separation. Speech in verse 26. Service, verse 27. Religion that is pure and undefiled before, the, before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, that's service, and to keep oneself unstained from the world, that is separation. So we're going to look at the tongue. We're going to look at widows and orphans, and we're going to look at how to be unstained from the world. So here are the three ways. First is speech. It is fascinating to note that the first thing James does when he asks us to consider whether we are hearers only or hearers and doers is to examine how we speak. In fact, this book has five chapters, and in each chapter, this book will ask us to consider our speech. Whether you've thought about it or not, you have one superpower that can lay even the most mighty person low. It's your speech. Your speech can build someone up to make a difference or tear someone down. How do you speak? This is where we all need to look in the mirror of God's word here. We need to examine honestly how we speak. It's no wonder that this is the first test. Now, he doesn't say that we should be people who never speak and are always quiet. He says that we're to be people who bridle our tongue. Doers of the word bridle their tongues. 
Just as you put a bit and bridle in the mouth of a horse to get him or her to go the direction they ought to, we must bridle our tongues and ensure that we, we, we bridle our tongues to be doers of the word. Bridling means we should speak at the appropriate times. It means we should remain quiet at the appropriate times. It means we should use our words to build up. It means that we should not use our words to tear down. It means that we should tell truth, speak truth at the appropriate time. James is concerned with how we speak, and he's going to talk about it again and again and again and again. Nothing shows if you are a doer of the word as much as the pattern of your speech. How do you speak? How do you speak? I mean, notice how far he goes. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. This person is a hypocrite. This person is a hypocrite. He's not talking about murderers. He's not talking about people who rob banks. He's not talking about people who are thieves. He's not talking about people who are menaces to society, he's speaking about our speech. If anyone thinks they follow the Lord, yet has a tongue that's unbridled, they are deceived, and that person is a hypocrite. This should catch us short and have us think for a minute here. Does your speech say that you are a Christian or not? We're not going to be able to cover it in depth. We will go through speech as we walk through James. But there's some patterns that we need to control, and I'll just touch on a few as we walk through the bridling side of our tongue. We can use our tongue for flattery, which means using our speech to make someone feel good just so that we can get something from them. That's not bridling our tongues. We can be careless, shooting off our mouth and spouting opinions here and there and everywhere for, to those that ask and to those that don't. That's not bridling our tongues. We can be negative. We can always look on the dark side and express that to everyone. And from us, seldom is heard an encouraging word. That can be the way we use our tongues, but that's not how we're called to use our tongues. We can be those that use our tongues to pass judgment, to draw conclusions, and to share them. We can be people who use our tongues to cast accusations all around. As you jump to conclusions, you can level accusations. Sometimes the accusations are in the form of a question, but really what you're doing is to look to pull someone down. You see, the evil of an accusation oftentimes is that people, don't, people say, huh, I don't think all of that is true, but maybe part of it is. We must bridle our tongues. Slander is using our words to pull other people down. It's not necessarily spreading lies, though it includes that, but it's also using our speech to make others think less of someone else. Gossiping is speaking about something that's none of our business. You see, this COVID quarantine should give us the opportunity to take stock personally. We're with our friends and family, we're with our family, are you a doer of the word or a hearer only as you consider your speech? If you want to do something really practical, if you're on social media, which social media is a blessing and it's a curse. It's a blessing because we can get all kinds of different information, but it's also a curse because our thoughts, good thoughts, bad thoughts, can make it around the world faster than the speed of light now. Look at your last six months and what you've posted on social media whatever you do post. 
and ask, does this look like I'm a doer of the word or a hearer only? Is my speech being impacted by the fact that I follow Jesus or not? It's worth considering. What do your words say about you? We need to be people who hear and do the word and bridle our tongues. So we need to consider our speech. We also need to consider our service. Verse 27, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction. At that time, there was no such thing as a safety net or a stimulus check or welfare or food stamps, so orphans and widows had literally no help. They were, they were the most vulnerable in their society and had to rely on others to help and protect them. There was no one to watch out for them. And the Lord calls his people to watch out for the most vulnerable, including widows and orphans and even more than that. We must be people who have as part of our lives those that we serve who can give us nothing in return. You see, it's super easy to serve and help someone who can do something for us. See, the attitude, the, the idea here in James is that widows and orphans, what do they have to offer? They have nothing to offer but need. And James says, hearers and doers of the word, they offer what they can to people who have need. They serve these people. So do you have people in your life like that? Do you serve widows, orphans? Do you serve people with special needs? Do you serve sick people, poor people, hurting people? You see, it's so easy to arrange our lives so that we aren't around anyone who is in imposition. But James calls us not to just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word be doers of the word. Is there anyone in your life you help with expecting nothing in return? Those that are hearers of the word and not, those that are hearers and doers have people who are in their lives that they help expecting nothing in return. Hearers and doers, doers of the word, control their speech, they serve those in need, and they separate. They separate themselves from the world. Look at verse 27. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father, is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. This does not mean that we are to separate ourselves from the world we live in, go off and live in monasteries or whatever. No, we are, we are in this world, and the call for us is to not be of this world. Those that are doers... And not just hearers refuse to own the philosophy and the guiding principles of the world around us. The world's passions must not be our passions. The world's priorities must not be our priorities. The world's perspectives often aren't our perspectives. Doers, doers, those that do and not just hear put Jesus and his kingdom ahead of everything else, ahead of money, ahead of comfort and career and education and reputation and leisure and family. We who hear the word and do it are those who have more and more a pattern that reflects Jesus. Think about Jesus. He spoke to build up. And when he had a hard word to say, he spoke it to hypocrites. He served. He was in the world, but he was separate. He was different. He was holy. He was, people were drawn to him. You know what, the point here is not so much 
hey, here's all the things that you need to change, and you're such a horrible person. Maybe you should just get your act together. Verse 26 gives us a hint. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, we saw that already, but deceives his heart. There, at that point, what we see is James makes a connection between how we live to our heart. He makes an explicit connection to our heart. By heart, he doesn't mean that remarkable muscle that beats 60 to 80 times a minute, delivering blood to every corner of your body. Heart denotes who you are. You see, if we are hearers only and not doers, our heart is out of whack. You see, we're not just, it's not enough for us just to, okay, let me put on some new patterns of speech. Let me, let me try to serve other people. Let me, let me um, make sure I'm separating myself in, the, myself in the appropriate way. If you don't change from the inside, you won't be able to change those things on the outside. We need more than just tips. We need more than just, we're just ideas. The message is not so much bridle your tongue, but change your heart. Change who you are from the inside. We need the transformative power of the word working in concert with the spirit to transform us. So if we just go away and say, well, I'm going to bite my tongue now, that's not transformation. That's not going to last long. What we need is transformation. What we need is our hearts changed. We need to be a people who bridle our tongues because we're different from the inside. We don't just sit here and say, I'm stuck. See, we Christians have a savior we can look to and say, help, help me. See, we go to Jesus. The reason we're a people who want to be fixed on Jesus is that we know we can go to him and he will not send us away. The sin we are convicted of, whether it's speech or service or separation, any of those three, those sins we can take to him knowing that he's already died for them. He's already sacrificed for them. He's already given himself for them. And we can, we can go to him and say, please forgive me and please change me. I want to be a different person. Not just because I want to speak different, but because I want a different kind of heart. I want a heart that, that is transformed and begins to look more and more like Jesus. I want to be a person who speaks the right way, because that's what I want to do. And that kind of change can only happen as we go to Jesus again and again. This is why we want to be fixed on Jesus. Are we doers and here or hearers only? Fix yourself on Jesus. So where are you convicted? Go to Jesus. You see, this quarantine we have that we're all living through is an opportunity. It's a challenge, but it's an opportunity. And if, if we're not each taking stock in who we are and where we need to change, this time will be a waste. This time must not be a waste. We must not waste our quarantine, folks. We have an opportunity to look in the mirror of God's word and say, where do I need to change? And we can go to Jesus and say, Jesus, help me. Here I come again with weakness and need, and I need your help. He will help you. So, does your life say in your speech and your service and your separation that you're a Christian or not? Or a Christian that needs to grow? Which is it? You've looked in the mirror. Now look at yourself and then look to Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I ask for our help for me, Lord, I start with myself and I think about all the different ways that I've used my tongue and I ask that you would forgive me, but I also ask that you would help me to grow and to change and to be different. I pray that you would help me to be 
be someone who is more reflective of you from the inside out. I pray that that would be the case for Center Church. I pray for all of us to be people, all of us to be people who take this quarantine as an opportunity to grow. We want to come out of this quarantine transformed. We want to be a people of God transformed who are changed by the power of God as the word of God interrupts our lives. Lord, I pray that the word of God, this word would interrupt our lives more than the quarantine does so that we might be able to lay hold of you and that you might transform us from the inside out so that we would be people who reflect you in speech, in service, and in separation. Jesus, it's in your name we pray. Amen.